Good morning, Emmanuel. How many love Jesus today? We ask that question again. How many love Jesus today? There we go. Big shout out to all of our locations, whether you're worshiping with us in Lakeville or Maple Grove or Elk River or Spring Lake Park, or perhaps you're joining online. It's great to be together as a church family. I'm going to ask everybody on all of our locations if you could stand with me for a moment. And, um, and I want to just take a moment where we've begun the journey of our 21 days of, of prayer and fasting. And, and those of you that have already begun that process, I pray that the Lord continue to speak to you. Those of you who have yet to join, I invite you to join right in with us. There's something powerful when we shut down the things in the world around us and the noise, and we can actually begin to lean in and hear God's voice. And uh, one of the things we're asking is God to speak to us as a church family. We mentioned that as we begin to think about the whole year for Kingdom Builders, you're given that card today and just asking you to pray and ask, ask the Lord, what do you want to give through us more regularly, not just in big special moments, but maybe God wants to grow your generosity muscles, not just for the sake of a goal for the church, but because God would speak to you. And if God speaks to all of us individually, I just believe that God is going to do a big thing. And in our Kingdom Builder uh, journey, we're going to have a, a book, book that you're going to be able to get that's got all of our projects in there listed, and it will be online as well. And in those projects, one of them is pa the Pando app. And I don't know if you've heard of the Pando app, but the Pando app is a way for prisoners to hear messages, and it's locked down where they can't get out into the Internet and do other things. And, uh, and it's all over America, actually, now. And we get letters in from people that are in prison that are joining Emmanuel and hearing our messages. And it's really powerful what God is doing that we don't even see. So there's a ripple effect to what God does on a Sunday morning all throughout America. And I'm just going to ask you to join with me to pray for all of those that are in, in prison that God would speak. How many know that God spoke to a lot of people in prison in the Bible? And he did a lot of work there. He cares about that. And I want to ask especially for you to pray for me this week because this week I will be flying to Texas and I've been asked to speak to people on death row. And I'm going to share in two different sessions and uh, we like to call it life row, amen? Uh, they got life right now. And, but the, the prospect and the, 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 the hope could be gone. But there's, a, there's believers there and, and they have already heard me. Before And uh, so when they heard that I was coming, several of them said, yeah, we've already watched him on the Pando app. And so I'm praying that God would do breakthrough things right there in prison. I'm just going to ask church if you would pray with me and pray for the prisoners. Father, we come before you and we thank you that you know exactly every person's address on the planet. You know where we are. Your GPS is better than the satellite's. You see and know each heart. And your word says that you search to and fro throughout the whole earth, Lord, seeking those whose hearts are looking your way, Lord, for, so that you can encourage them. And I pray, God, that you would anoint, Lord, the work of the Pando app and not just Emmanuel's messages, but other messages and worship and our worship is on there as well. I pray, God, that, Lord, you would just do powerful things inside of prison. And then, Lord, they would feel, Lord, the, the, the connectedness to the broader kingdom of God, that, Lord, that they have, uh, have hope because of you and that you would speak in real time, that their story's not over, that you're doing things through their life and in their prayer life and in their inner person. And I pray, God, that you would anoint that work. And I pray this week that you would anoint my words as I preach and that you give me the things to say that you want to say to those people and that there'll be an anointing on it. We pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said 
Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. You go ahead and be seated. We are in our Breaking Through series in that bumper, I am not the guy swinging the sledgehammer. But the idea of breaking through something is saying that there's a, uh, there's a barrier, there's a ceiling, there's something preventing us from going where we want or dream to go. And that's not just in our own life and the thresholds that we have in breaking through, but it's also for those that we love, the people in our story, our family members, our, our sons and daughters, and, and, and our, our connected work friends and schoolmates and classmates and all the, the, the broader network of people that we care about and are burdened by. We're praying that we're not just gonna have to accept the way it was or is, but God would break through and bring a new story into people's lives. And of course, this series coincides with our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And one of the things that we talked about last week in, in Daniel chapter 10 was Daniel went into this time because he was burdened and he, he didn't like what he saw, so he went into 21 days of prayer and fasting and God was answering his prayer because his prayer was heard, his very first prayer was heard, and the answer was on a way, but there was a spiritual dimension of the fight. There were things that he could see in the natural, but there was more going on than what he could see in the natural. There was spiritual, supernatural things that were going on. Last week, we talked about our breaking through step number one is in your pursuit of answers, humble yourself before God. Humble yourself before God. You know, there is power in your prayer. And if you humble yourself before God, he answers. Maybe not directly the same way that you always would think of, but he always will answer. And there's power in your prayer. When you pray for your family, your friends, your coworkers, your classmates, the answer is on the way. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's on the way. It's on the way. This week, uh, just a couple days ago, I received a phone call from my brother-in-law, and, uh, and some exciting things are going on in his life, and I'd heard about it, so I, I, want, I wanted the real story. So he, he uh, shared with me something powerful. See, my brother-in-law um, is a, works in the construction industry at a very large firm, a national firm, that does projects all over the U.S., and he's fairly high up. In the, in the organization, and, uh, and he's a believer. But he said the, the, the environment that I work in is not super, like, uh, soft and loving and kind. Yeah, the language is pretty crass, and, and people are pretty rough towards and blunt towards one another. I don't know if you work in that environment. Reminds me a little bit of when I played football in the locker room kind of environment where people just said whatever they wanted to say. So as a believer, he kind of stood out because he, didn't, he wasn't like everybody else. He didn't have the same language. He was a little bit different. But he prayed for his coworkers. And he's been there for four years now. And this week, there was a breakthrough. because, And it came in a, in a unique way for him because when he was praying, he just, Lord, help me to be salt and light. Help me to be who you want me to be. But he didn't see anything in the natural. And then this week, he walked, came into work one day, and his boss, uh, who had family issues going on in his life that others didn't know about, and he had, had drank alcohol all night to try to escape the pain at home. He came to work with alcohol in his breath, and he was drunk. 
And they have a zero tolerance policy at that company. And so as, as my brother-in-law came in, HR was esco- escorting his boss out the door. After 34 years, he had lost his job. And as this man left, they, he thought they called a, my brother thought they called a, an Uber or something, and he went. And a few minutes later, he got a phone call, and it was his boss. And he said, can you come and pick me up? And he's like, okay. And he says, can you take me to my house? And so my brother-in-law picks him up in the car. The guy gets in the car, shattered life that it is. And he says, you know, I picked you because I know you're a religious guy. And I want to talk to you and I need help. And Mike, my brother-in-law, began to feel inside his heart and mind the Holy Spirit. Because he had been praying, when you partner with God, you're ready for this moment. And he had been praying for a long time. And right there in his car, he began to share Jesus with them. This guy didn't have any religious history except for he went to a Catholic church when he was real young. It had been years since he had any kind of conversations with God or involving his own spiritual well-being. My brother-in-law says to him, would you like to pray with me to know Jesus? And right there in his car, he led him to the Lord. It was so powerful of a breakthrough moment. Now listen, yes, this guy has lost his job and there's still pain ahead. But listen, the more important thing is, if he's going to face the battles he's got to face with his family and his own life, Jesus is the starting point to the change that he needs. And so sometimes God leads us to a place of great um, pain in our story and allows that to happen. So we wake up to ourselves and then we have a breakthrough. How many of you have had that moment in your story where you had to wake up and that there was brokenness and you had to make change and then he reached out to Jesus. And this is what I want to tell you, that, that Jesus wants you to have that kind of breakthrough prayer and that breakthrough life. Because it's not just about you, it's about other people too. That if you can stay on that journey Other people are gonna experience the breakthrough. In a few minutes, I'm gonna give you three crucial aspects of breakthrough prayer. But first, I wanna give you the title. The title of my message today is this. Breakthrough is a partnership. Say that with me. Breakthrough is a partnership. I would like you to turn with me to 2 Chronicles chapter seven to a fairly famous part of scripture. Solomon the king has now built the temple to God, the permanent temple house for God. They had uh, dreamed of it. His father David had dreamed of it, but it was Solomon who had built it. And they've dedicated the temple. And then God speaks directly to Solomon. I want you to hear it as if God is speaking directly to you. I want you to hear it as if God is speaking this promise to you. He's speaking it to our church. Verse 11 of 2 Chronicles 7, it says, so Solomon finished the temple of the Lord as well as the royal palace. And he completed everything he had planned to do in the construction of the temple and the palace. And then one night, the Lord appeared to Solomon, and he said, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this temple as the place for making sacrifices. At times, I might shut up the heavens so that no rain falls or command grasshoppers to devour your crops or send plagues among you. Then, everybody said then, 
Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. My eyes will be open and my ears attentive to every prayer made in this place. For I have chosen this temple and set it apart to be holy, a place where my name will be honored forever. I will always watch over it, for it is dear to my heart. Now, of course, in the New Testament, we are the temple. But God invites us in this text to be a part of how he wins the battle. If there's gonna be change outside in the land, if there's gonna be a turnaround in a family, if we're gonna see personal change, then we're going to have to partner with God. And he invites us into that story. He invites, he says, then if my people called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins and restore their land. See, God gives us a promise that if we humble ourselves and pray and we seek his face, not just his stuff, not just his hand, not just an answer because you need to pay your bills this week. I mean, no, God is more interested in you seeking him than getting money. Come on, somebody. If you seek his face, and turn from our wicked ways, then God says he'll do something. So we do something, he does something. He will hear from heaven, he'll forgive our sin and restore, the NIV says, heal our land. I believe that God collaborates. He likes to function together. Everybody said together. From Genesis to Revelation, he chooses people to work with. You can't escape this when you see God whispering to Abraham, taking him on a journey, doing the same thing with Moses and Joshua and Mary and the disciples. He talks to people because he involves us in what he wants to do. Every snapshot in scripture, God is always actively seeking to work with people. And this brings me to breaking through step number two. Realize that God has a part and we have a part in breakthrough. You have to realize that God has a part and we have a part in breakthrough. Whatever God wants to do on the earth, he's gonna do with people. And Jesus will use whatever you have that you give him. With the boy and the bread and fish, that's all he needed to feed a crowd. With Moses, he, all he had was a staff, so he used the staff. With Gideon, who was in the bottom of the threshing floor, he used him hiding out. So it doesn't matter where you are, you could be joining online right now, and he'll use you right where you're at. Jesus invites us to join him through prayer as well. I want you to see with me in Matthew chapter six. Matthew chapter six, verse nine. Jesus says this, this then is how you should pray. Our Father, why don't you read that with me? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now this is the prayer that many people have memorized almost to the point that they're not really praying, they're just saying it. But Jesus is using partnership language in his prayer. He says, when you pray, talk to God and say, let your kingdom come. See, when we pray this way, when we see the things around us and that break our heart, maybe you're broken over your marriage or you're, you're hurting because you've got a loved one that has left the Lord, is underneath some other control, has a hard heart. When you have anger and anxiety in your heart or you see it in other people, and there's hopelessness all around us in our coworkers or in our classmates. When you pray, you begin to say, Lord, this kingdom I see around me is broke. We need your kingdom. And Jesus says that's how you should pray. You should partner with God on this thing that's burdening you. Don't just leave it in your heart and try to fix it in your brain. Don't ruminate it on it over and over. Turn to God with it and say, Lord, I invite your kingdom because your kingdom is so much better than what I see. It's like it's on the top shelf and you're bringing it down off the shelf. You're bringing it down to where we're at. Jesus goes even further in what he invites us to with partnership. When he begins to tell us in Matthew 18, he says, truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. Now he uses language here that we don't often use in our normal 2024 language, but he says bind on earth, bound in heaven. When he's talking there, he's talking about that thing we spoke about last week in the spiritual dimension. To bind is to forbid, to stop spiritual forces from collaborating or controlling or imprisoning, imprisoning people that you are praying for. Jesus says you have the ability in the spiritual dimension to, to do that, to stop it, to forbid it. He also says you have the ability to allow it to loose it, that's the word loose, but it means to allow. People bound and chained by the enemy can be called, we can call upon the power of heaven's authority to disarm the power of the enemy, to let them out of prison. This is what I've used before, but I, I like the visual of a red light, a stop sign of you, a red light. What a red light says is stop. You can't go any further. There's an end to this. Did you know that when you pray for somebody in the spirit, you can throw a stop sign up to the enemy's power? You might know somebody that is under some other source of, of influence and their, their mind is, is away from God, their heart is cold, maybe they've begun to go into activities that are not good for them, things like uh, their alcoholism or, or, or drug abuse or, or they're, they're under some kind of stupor, even in the, in the, the, the video game world or they're get, kind of getting lost in, in the internet or they, they can't get out of or pornography or whatever that might be. 
Those are things that when you look at it, you want to shake the person, but how many know we don't wrestle against flesh and blood? There's a spiritual force that's going to control them. So you can go over their head and you can pray and say, I, I pray a stop sign, a, a red light to the enemy's power. I bind that in Jesus' name. Did you know you can pray that way? You literally can pray this way. This is what Jesus said you can do. You have the power to do it. Then he says that you can also have a green light to heaven because we don't want them just to stop what they're doing, but we can say, hey, heaven, come on down. And Jesus would say, I'm leaving the responsibility of that up to you. So if you're not praying red lights and green lights over the people you care about, there is spiritual uh, influence that's running on its own. But when you stop it, it loses its power. Now, it doesn't mean it's gone yet. There are breakthroughs that you got to keep praying. You don't give up. You don't give up on a prodigal son or daughter. You don't give up on that friend that's walked away from you. You don't give up on people in your life. And sometimes you, you don't know what's going on. Like my, my brother-in-law's story, something might be happening and there's gonna be a moment that you have the ultimate breakthrough, but you can't buy the, bind the powers of hell. And it's done especially well when we do it together. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'm there with them. This is why often I will pause at the end of a service and I will challenge the church to huddle up, just like the Vikings do. Or I'm sorry for Packer fans. That was you guys had a great run this week, this year. Sorry about last night. But when a, a team gets together and they huddle up, then they go run the play. They run the same play. They're in alignment. They have the same agreement. When you pray together and you do this, whoo, baby, something happens. Don't just pray by yourself. Pray with other believers. Because when you do, then Jesus shows up. How many of you know? The devil does not want to mess with Jesus. Ah. Binding and loosing. Jesus clearly comes to set people who are bound and chained and in prison free. See, Satan specializes in binding and blinding. Later on in Corinthians, Paul says that the God of this age has blinded people. They don't even see the truth. Isn't that true today? Like you're looking at some of the law changes and things people are saying. You're like, what planet are you from? You know what's going on? They're blinded. The enemy has blinded them. But Jesus has come to open their eyes, open the prison doors. In fact, when Jesus got up in, uh, in the temple after coming out of the, the desert uh, and fasting and praying and he was under the power of the Spirit, he spoke from Isaiah 61 and Isaiah 61.1 says, The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. You know, when I think about this for our church, Emmanuel, I'm thinking, Lord, I don't want people just to come to church and get inoculated where all they do is they just give their life to Jesus, but they're not truly set free. 
Now, my dream is that every single person that comes to Emmanuel, they meet Jesus, they, they find him as their savior, but they also get rid of their addictions. They become a new creation. They begin to follow the way of Jesus. They become a disciple of Jesus. And then they turn around and they lead other people to freedom. My, my dream is that it's a full-on God-changed life that keeps changing other people's lives. That's why Jesus said, that you are a city set on a hill. You are a light in the darkness. You are salt of the earth. Jesus believes in freedom that actually impacts other people. Can I get an amen to that? See, Jesus set prisoners free, and then he assigned his disciples to do the same thing, to go set others free. He sent them out two by two, and this is what I want you to catch. Our responsibility is that we enforce and advance this responsibility of setting people free. It's our responsibility. And if we're going to see other people set free and we're going to have breakthrough prayer and we're going to do it together with God and with each other, then if there's going to be breakthrough, breakthrough happens in here before it happens out there so that you can do the, the things that God wants you to do. So let me give you three crucial aspects of breakthrough prayer for you to change the world around you. The first one is this, align your heart with heaven. Align your heart with heaven. Take your heart before God. I love what the psalmist says in Psalm 139, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Now, our default is to wander away from the mission. Isn't it true? How many of you had like moments in your story where you were on fire for Jesus and you're like, I'm gonna live this way forever. And then other things crept in. Sometimes when we go through a season of fasting, our eyes are reopened, Oh. I've kind of slid away from where I need to be. I need to make some adjustments as God begins to look at your heart. Our default is to wander away from the mission. Now, I have a car that, um, and each of my cars that I've owned over time, I've had to take them in for alignment because the wheels kind of get off track. So I'll take it in, and if I don't take it in for alignment over time, I could be driving down the road, and it'll start pulling to the side. Or the tire's will begin to wear, the treads will begin to wear on the wrong part of the tires. So I've got to go in for an alignment. Our hearts need to go in for alignment. We get tread on our tires. We get going through bumps in the road. And we need to have our heart aligned to align the motives and the, the intent of the heart. That's what the Bible is for. When you read the word, it has the ability to go deep inside and take your heart through an alignment. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul, spirit, joints, and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. We need the word of God to go in and do that. This is why we talk about reading the Bible. Now, sometimes our app isn't gonna work on Sunday morning. 
You don't have the notes. So what do you do? You bring your paper Bible to church so that you can read it. Come on, somebody. Let that apply to whom it will. When we need to align our plans, what we're going to do with our schedules and our calendar and our commitments so that they don't drift towards selfishness. 1 Corinthians 10, 12. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. We need to allow the plans to be adjusted and submitted to God's. And submission to the Father's will is what Jesus modeled for us. In Luke twenty two forty two, Jesus said, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. You know, we need to pray that prayer once in a while, don't we? Because we're not getting everything we want all the time. And he allows it. So we have to take what we want the way we wish it was, the gap between what we wish it was and where, where it is. We need to take our disappointment to God and say, I check it in and go, I wish it was different, but I also submit to what you want for me, what you want for my family, what you want for my friendships, what you want for my money, what you want to do, and submit it to him. And then if we learn to confess whatever's in our heart and give it God access to our heart, we'll know, we'll need God to take ownership of the internal world of our house, if you will, because he's the owner when we get saved. He takes the title of the property, but we can have secret rooms we close off to the Lord. We don't give him access to. As the scripture says, don't give the, a foothold to the enemy. If you have a building, I've got a picture of a building up there, or a house, and there's many different rooms in the house. If that is you, if your life was a house, God owns it. When you get saved, thank you, Jesus, you've forgiven me of my sins, but now you gotta give him access to every room in the house. Is there any part of your life that you are not yielding to God? You say, no, I'm gonna do what I wanna do. You can't have access to that. Because I'll tell you what, if you don't unlock the door and allow the Holy Spirit to go in, his light is not gonna shine in that space. And how many know darkness grows? And negative things and, and toxic things grow in the dark. But we've gotta allow him to look through our heart. Let me just say this, church. You got bitterness in there? Are you letting the Holy Spirit go into that room? That memory, what somebody did wrong to you? Are you letting the Holy Spirit walk through? Because listen, you can trust God with your heart. But if you don't give him access, you're not gonna be set free. And you can't pray powerful prayers for other people when you have things inside of you that you've not released to the Lord. You've gotta allow him to go into that, that space. And you've been given if you've given the enemy a foothold, you need to confess those secrets and evict those influences. Some of us, and I know this to be true, so I'm not, we're not, we're not uh, putting on a show here today or anything like that, but sometimes even Christians can have hidden secrets. True? Things that we do that nobody knows about. And I'll just say this, when we have secrets, 
And we let the enemy control that. How many know he'll take it and run with it? He'll run with a pornography addiction. He'll run with things that destroy marriage. He'll run with a a secret escape with alcoholism. By the way, most of those things aren't the root cause. Alcohol is not the cause. Drugs not the cause. Pornography is not the cause. Some the root to that might be insecurity. But unless you let the Lord come in and you let the enemy control you, then it will mute your prayers. It'll prevent you from being who God has designed you to be as a man of God ahead of the home or as a woman of God, as one that is raising the kids or whatever you're doing in your business. All of those things, we are muted. We are prevented from being powerful in our prayers if we don't give God access to every room in our house. Three crucial aspects of breakthrough prayer. Number one was align your heart with heaven. Number two is when a person is surrendered to the Father, they can be trusted with the authority of the Father. When a person is surrendered to the Father, they can be trusted with the authority of the Father. In Mark chapter nine, Jesus' disciples couldn't heal a boy who was demon-possessed. And Jesus steps in and he does it. He sets the boy free. You can look at the story later on if you'd like. But afterward, in Mark chapter 9, it says this. After when, when Jesus was alone in the house with his disciples, they asked him, why couldn't we cast out that evil spirit? And Jesus replied, this kind can be cast out only by prayer, and some versions say, and fasting. So what was Jesus saying there? Well, he's talking about spiritual authority. This is why it's important for us to get close to God and know him, not just get stuff from him. When you really set your heart to follow Jesus and to know him, when you get in the secret place and you're worshiping God and you open up your heart and you confess what every part of your life and your being is, now you get to know him The more you know him, the more he gives you of his authority. His disciples were on a journey that they were going to grow in their spiritual authority. But at present, they had not grown to that point yet. And yet Jesus, while he was alive, and he didn't even need to. He had no sin in his life. But he still would withdraw from people, and he would fast, and he would pray. Why did he do that? Because he needed to get alone with the Father in order to go out and set people free. If you're not getting alone with the Father, if you're not having intimacy with God, if you're not on a journey where you you get to know him more and more and more, then it lowers your capacity in the spiritual dimension, spiritual authority-wise. But as you continue on the journey, this is why I want to give you hope. The disciples then, when you go into the book of Acts, who was casting out demons in the, in the book of Acts? The disciples were. Because they had communion with God, they were filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, and they could do the things that Jesus did. Church, I'm believing that every person at Emmanuel, every person under the sound of my voice, that you will grow in the dimensions of following Jesus, that you be filled with the Holy Spirit, and you would grow in your spiritual authority to set people free in the world that God has called you to be in. I just believe he wants to do that. You can grow in your spiritual authority through the Spirit. Jesus modeled this when the Spirit led him into the wilderness. 
Remember this right before he began his public ministry in Luke 4? It says, then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River after that testing in the, in the wilderness. And he was led by the Spirit in the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Jesus ate nothing all that time and became very hungry. Hmm. How many of you found yourself to be hungry this week? There's certain things that you were normally going to. Some people I know have shut out the social media. Other people have done a complete fast with, with water. Uh, I, I talked to somebody earlier today that they're saying no to sugar and caffeine and uh, because they like Mountain Dew. How many know that's like a double whammy, right? Uh, some people, it's Starbucks and some other things in, in food. You, you hunger for certain things that you have been relying on. So Jesus was very hungry when he was on, under the power of the Spirit. But here's the thing I want you to catch. Because he did that, because he spent time following the Spirit, and he fasted and he prayed, when he came out of the wilderness, he came under the Spirit's power. Verse 14 of Luke 4 says, Then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power, and reports about him spread quickly through the whole region. See, we don't just fast the fast. We fast to follow what God is saying, and we are confident when we come out of the fast that the Spirit's power is with us. Come on, somebody. You can have authority in your prayer when your life is in alignment with God and you trust the Father. Galatians 5.25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Three crucial aspects of breakthrough prayer. Number one was align your heart with heaven. Number two, when a person is surrendered to the Father, they can be trusted with the authority of the Father. And number three, use your authority, the authority Jesus gives you. Use the authority Jesus gives you. Turn to the person next to you and say, you gotta use it. Does no good to not use the tools that he's given us. You are not helpless. You are not a victim. Jesus' gospel says that you have the power, that you have the authority. He's giving you the keys of the kingdom. You're not helpless. First John 4, 4 says, but you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Take your burdens to the Lord, the people you care about, the burdens on your heart, and listen, he will answer. I love what Hebrews 4, 14 says. So then, since we have a great high priest, Jesus, who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. The high priest, this high priest of ours, understands our what? Weaknesses. For he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly, to the throne of our gracious God, and there we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. It's time for us to get stronger and bolder because of the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is stronger than any demonic power, any stubborn rebel heart. When we confess, we gain grace and right standing before God. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We need to step into our prayer life with boldness underneath the banner of Jesus 
And then we need to begin to pray stop signs in the spirit dimension over the people in our life and the things that we can't control in the natural. And we need to ask for God to open up the gates of heaven with a green light to go all out on those same people. There are so many things that are outside of our control in the natural, but they are not outside of our ability to make a difference on our knees. Listen, we can call things in the spirit that we could never do it by a speech. I can go down to St. Paul and try to make a speech on the steps of our state capitol, and I'm thankful for many who have gone there and have prayed there and done many things over the years. But I'll tell you where it makes the most difference is when together two or three begin to pray and we go over the head of legislators, over the head of a governor, over the head of other people, knowing that there are principalities in high places and we begin to do battle on our knees, letting God do his work, putting stop signs up against the work of the enemy and asking God to do a new thing in the state of Minnesota. Can I get an amen to that? And the same thing can be true when you are bothered because you've got a brother or a sister that is apathetic or they're under a delusion or there's some kind of, their eyes are blinded. Even in the religious world, there are many people that are being led astray about Christian things. And you get frustrated because you see it. There's a wall between you and your brother or your sister. The best thing you can do is not to get in an argument with them. Come on, somebody. The best thing you can do is go to your prayer closet and begin to pray and say, Lord, first of all, I confess I don't know anything. I don't know everything. You see it all. Lord, take pride out of my own heart. Let God work inside of you. And then you can begin to say, and yet I also love my brother, love my sister. So I'm going to pray, Lord, would you, Lord, throw a stop sign up against the, the, the spirit of, of, of delusion where people are confused and they think one way and they're deceived. Would you shine your light from heaven and open up their eyes to the truth? Let them see that you love them so much. You can do that for people who are away from Jesus. You can do that for people in your life that are under controlling substances. You can throw a stop sign up to the enemy and ask for a green light from heaven. And sometimes it comes in the form of a phone call. God is speaking. He's talking to us. I love what Revelation 12, 11 says, and they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb. And by their testimony, they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. Would you stand with me, church? We're gonna take time today at the end for you to talk to the Lord, humble yourself and pray and seek his face and turn from wicked ways. And God will hear, and he will forgive, and he will restore. But remember this, God has a part, and we have a part. If you turn to God with your whole heart, his grace is sufficient. He will hear your prayer, anyone's prayer, when we come to him humbly. Let God work in you. Then you can ask God to work in those that you care about. Some of us might need to open our house and evict some things we've given the enemy a foothold to. That's okay. Open those doors before God today and allow him to work in your heart. Align your heart with heaven. Receive his grace and authority and use that authority that Jesus gives you. I'm gonna pray a prayer right now and I'm gonna just ask in each of our locations. I'm gonna ask the church 
in this season of prayer and fasting to humble yourselves before God. And then I'm gonna say, hey, find a spot to pray. Before we end the service, that's kneeling down where you're at. If it's coming to the front of the room we used to call the altar, if it just means right where you're at, you're just humbling yourself before God, let him work through your heart. But at some point when you've confessed, you've opened up and you said, Lord, I let your blood, your grace through every room of my house, then turn around and take authority. Begin to pray for the people in your life. Throw stop signs up. Throw some green lights to heaven over the people and begin to pray. You might need to grab the hand of another person and begin to pray for that same person together, whether two or three are gathered together in his name, Jesus will do it. So as we worship and we walk through that, I just encourage you, you take this step. You use your authority. You do what God has called you to do. Father, I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our church. I thank you, Lord, for, Lord, as, as Jesus preached, the hunger, hungry would catch it. They would understand it. I pray, God, that the hungry that have heard this message would understand it, receive it into their soul, and, Lord, that you would go to work in their heart and their mind. Lord, you would align our hearts with yours. And then, Lord, you would give us the authority of the Father. And then we would take that authority in the Spirit, and we would persevere. And I pray, God, that there would be change happening even now, that there would be a change happening in marriages, that there would be a change happening in relationships, there would be change happening in our city, there would be change happening in the world around us. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. You said that you then would hear from heaven that you would forgive our sin and that you would heal our land. I pray, oh God, heaven would come down into this place. Lord, it would come down in Lakeville. It would come down in Maple Grove. It would come down in Elk River. It would come down in Spring Lake Park. And we would meet with you. And then, Lord, we would do work with you. You're collaborative. Use us in 2024. We want to be a part of the solution. We want to be a part of the change. Do your work we pray in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Thank you for joining us. We pray that you are encouraged and blessed by today's message. Check out emmanuelcc.org for faith resources, how to get plugged into the community, or to join us live on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. We are so excited to see what God is going to do. The best is yet to come.